Welcome back to Don't Call Me a Guru. I'm Tyler Butler. And I'm Linda Huang. And this time, I'm going to remember to say that we are a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by the mighty ATB. Is it just ATB? We're, we're, we're hip and young and cool. We're ATB. Okay. Yeah. You're just acronyms. Yeah. What does ATB stand for? Alberta Treasury Branch. Oh, of course. Yeah. We can get into this in... <laughs> A whole other podcast. All right, now that we've sufficiently plugged ATV. Yeah, we've done it for like a couple episodes worth now. Uh, so this episode, we we missed our late December episode because we were all primed. We, we. <laughs> we were all primed to meet up. Uh, we is French for yes. Uh, we were all primed to meet up, but I forgot an essential power uh, or essential uh, adapter in, mm-hmm. in my office. Tyler takes care of all the equipment part of our podcasting, so we can't run when he forgets things. That's right. But we're here now. It is January 4th, the day before my birthday. And oh, my we're, God. We're going to talk about some trends for 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first, I wanted to talk about uh, and, and share with you, Linda, this case study where we we did some experimenting with live video at ATB that I'm actually really excited about because mm-hmm. uh, we, we've hired a lot of people who used to work in journalism or, mm-hmm. or on TV. There's a lot of expertise for how to how to run live video. And uh, we were actually able with with an kind of unpromoted. We didn't announce we were doing a live video. We just did it. And mm-hmm. when we did is a is a holiday fire like mm-hmm. a yuletide log we went out to sylvan lake we streamed for an hour and a half this fire we roasted hot dogs we did some fun things to get people commenting skating. Sk- I, we did take a little <laughs> coffee break and go for a skate on the lake afterwards <laughs> which was a lot of fun but it actually outperformed uh hb's average video uh engagement by about 47 percent uh awesome. so that i feel like there's a case study to be made for when you can do uh, when you have the technical expertise to do live video, mm-hmm. when you have kind of... It's like uh, quality. Quality, yeah. And that's right. We had two like high quality cameras. We had uh, uh, some some pretty... I don't really know all the gear we had. <laughs> thingamajiggers. And, you know, <laughs> was, if you have thingamajiggers, then... <laughs> I was saying to Brian, who was working on the video, like th- this is something we should talk about at conferences. Like yeah. I, no one is doing this level of video mm-hmm. right on social media right mm-hmm. now. And I feel like there's a lot of people coming from TV who know how to do it. And like take it for granted that they know how to do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. I am um, one thing that I haven't done with live video that I want to do. I can't remember if we've talked about this, but um, post the the scheduled live video so that you can yeah. tease right to that post and promote that post and link to that post. During the election, um, Mayor Nenshi in Calgary was doing it. Don Iveson was doing it. And I'm like... How do they do that? So I was looking it up, but but you need like one of those more formal live stream accounts or you need like, you know, a TV thingamajig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you need like a stream key. Yeah, it's a stream key that, right? that you need to input into. So it's like, yeah, so it was all sort of foreign to me, but I totally think that that's, I mean, I think live video alone still gets, or as you've discussed, proven uh gets more engagement gets more views um lately anyways than the typical video but i think if you can even schedule that or show that it's coming up and then push and tease right to that post um then that would be even more effective yeah i think there's a couple like that that's one way uh and cross promoting on Mm -hmm. other platforms telling people you're going to be doing it something i learned is just it's so technically demanding to 
do it uh, mm-hmm. and also yeah. have something entertaining happening on the screen at all times. Yeah, like while you're, yeah. <laughs> uh, what I need to do is plan out, here's the questions I'm going to ask during it. Here's how I'm going to manage comments. Maybe just be dedicated to managing comments and trying and then to spark have someone discussion. Else. Yeah. Having someone uh, else make sure that they're watching the camera and watching things that are happening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it was quite an experience. Expect some more live video from ATB coming uh, coming at you fast in the new year. <laughs> uh, I'm really excited, and I'll keep talking about the results here on the pod. Don't Call Me a Guru is sponsored by Alberta Women Entrepreneurs. They're inviting you to attend Learning Day on February 20 here in Edmonton. This one-day conference features keynotes and workshops about human resources, operations, financing, marketing, technology, everything you need to know to really grow your business. Plus, it's a great way to meet other entrepreneurs and maybe feel just a little bit less alone in the world. It's only $99 to sign up until January 19, and we're happy to say that listeners get 10% off if you use the promo code PODCAST at checkout. You can register at bit.ly slash A-W-E learning day. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash A-W-E learning day. Twitter ads, they now have this promoted mode. Have you, do you know about this? Uh, Tell me more about this, Tyler. So promoted mode, you open up your Twitter ads, you give them $100 a month or $99 Mm, a month. Yes, and then they do it for you based on your previous activity and or the type of engagement that they, the overlords, (laughs) the computer overlords think that will perform perform well for you. It's it's AI. (laughs) Yeah, automated. This is the future, right? This is the future. If you are a marketer, you don't even have to (laughs) have any strategy into it. So I think what it does is it takes, you you tell it what audience you want to reach. It takes 10 of your tweets per day Mm -hmm. and it throws them into an ad group and serves it to that audience. Uh, I like the idea of it being like off to the side. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I also like the price point. It's Mm -hmm. neat. Like I feel like this is targeted at like you, Linda, instead of like (laughs) us with clients, right? right? Like it's. Like as an individual or as like an influencer or something. Or a small something smaller. business. Yeah, yeah, small business, small type of organization. Do you think this is something you would try it with any of your clients or, or with yourself? I don't know because I thought because the fact that it lacks the, you know, that thought and intention and this is why we are going to promote this tweet over this tweet. Um maybe scares me a little bit but maybe that's also you know you need to trust like there's there's online ads now that also just bid for you and you know that type of stuff right so i think that's becoming more standard that you sort of need to trust that the machines know how to do it (laughs) (laughs) um i wouldn't say no i mean like you said the price point is cheap enough that that it makes sense but i think it also lends itself to it's like sort of a sort of a promote your post on steroids type of thing because yeah. you see it everywhere like I scroll through Instagram and it's constantly telling me this post performed better than most of your other posts promote <laughs> right um yeah so this is kind of an easier way to do that in a bundled type of package an ad type I tried a few years ago on Twitter was the whole like promote your account so it would show up in like the suggested yeah, accounts, accounts to, to follow, follow. 
It did not did that work? work at no. all. So I feel like this is trying to solve that same problem. How do I get my account in front of people who might not follow me? Mm-hmm. We've talked in the past. That about, might not be campaign based. It might be a yeah. good option for like just, yeah, like everyday type of posts. Yeah. Not specifically campaigns. I do find I've done a few Twitter ads uh, for a few clients and have been surprised with how uh, well it has performed for um, specifically one example I'm thinking of is video views. So I optimized it for video views and it gave me more video views than Facebook. Really? Which surprised me. Yeah. (laughs) Right? But, I always feel like people don't watch video on Twitter. Yeah, I know. But the thing, okay, the thing that's also interesting, which we will also talk about this later, but um, I did this Instagram husband. Well, actually, we Let's did just, this. Should we just talk about it right oh now? My God. Oh, my God. <laughs> so we're, we're breaking the flow. <laughs> <laughs> so we did this Instagram husband's conference video. Yeah. Sort of like a, I've been describing it as sort of like a Saturday Night Live comedy skit. <laughs> Is that how you would not describe it? <laughs> like a, well, the acting quality is definitely yes. there. Okay, like a college humor type of video. That's probably yeah, yeah, yeah. closer. Maybe like an e-bombs world. <laughs> Do people still use that? I have no idea. Okay. I'm so curious now. Anyway, so it's this. If you use e-bombs world, tweet us at Don't Call Me a Guru. So it's a it's a two minute video that basically just pokes fun at, you know, the Instagram life and your aesthetic on your grid and how you need your partner. So like it's it's not a new concept. So, you know, who's the husband is the partner who takes pictures of the person who posts on Instagram and it's got to be good. And oftentimes they suck. Um, but the new premise or twist was that now there's this conference that people can send these partners to so that they can learn the the key factors in how to take a good picture and framing and lighting and the right way to take a photo with your head cut off and, and that type of thing. It sounds like a so so we released this video. Um, it's not a real conference, though. You've been getting people. I've been getting. Yeah, I've been. I've gotten. Uh, I would say maybe over two or three dozen people who have said, "Oh my God, I wish this was a real conference." Or where can I sign up? Or or is this real? And we kind of joked that we could imitate this maybe at iMedia conference <laughs> coming up in March. <laughs> Might be part of our MC duties. duties. <laughs> <laughs> No, no Saturday Night Live skit for that one. Um, but yeah, it's been, uh, it started out, released it right before Christmas. That was later than I wanted to release it. Um, but like post-production took longer. Uh, I should give a shout out to Cinefleur Productions who shot and edited the video completely volunteer um, mm-hmm. of their time. Thank you. They believed in the vision of the Instagram husbands. <laughs> um, but yeah, we released it right before Christmas and it got pretty good I mean really good organic uh engagement right away so on Facebook we were at about um 5,000 organic views in the first two days Twitter was about 4,000 organic views in the first two days then on Instagram this is what bothers me the Instagram video limit is 60 seconds right Uh, so so we actually we cut the video to make it fit Twitter's max which is odd, which is 220. Why is it 220? Why would it be 230? Like two and a half or two? I thought it was two, 280. No, it's 220. Huh. Yeah, but isn't that weird? It's like sort of random arbitrary number. Oh. Right. Oh, it's two minutes and 20 seconds? Two minutes and 20 seconds. Huh. Is that 280 seconds? No, that wouldn't make sense. Can I we think not- it's 140 seconds. Oh, that's clever. Right? <laughs> 
yeah. that's super clever someone just knew that and listened to <laughs> us like work it out. anyways so we we fit it to instagram's or sorry to twitter's limit but i was pretty sad that i couldn't upload the full video to instagram because the video is about instagram <laughs> so we did you cut it and do a 60 second version or did you cut it into like chunks and do like a gallery so i ch- cut it into chunks yeah i think uh, preferably we do the 60 second version of it to make it fit but just because it was like a volunteer thing and didn't want to you know I didn't want to take too much more of our good friends time uh, for other versions so I, th- I found the cutting in chunks still worked it still got that one post that I shared uh, still got about 2,000 views which wow was great yeah um, and that was all organic and then I did put a bit of ad money into it or promoted post money into it um, and shot it up to I think it's I think it's closer to like 13,000 views on Facebook now, which is pretty good. I tried to promote it on Twitter, but for some reason it said that it wasn't eligible and I'm still investigating currently. <laughs> right? Twitter ads, man. Twitter ads Twitter can be very ads. frustrating. They are so frustrating. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was an interesting, um, it was an interesting viral, no, not viral. Ooh, don't say viral. <laughs> it was an interesting video experiment. I, the one redeeming thing about Twitter ads is uploading media through their ad, their like their media, media library. Do you like it, that? So it's actually one way to put longer videos on Twitter. You can post oh, like even a five minute video oh. by uploading it there and then tweeting through your From media that. library. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. I haven't done it in a few months, That's a and, good and these hack. things change all the time. Yeah, but yeah. That, it's See a handy little thing. The real question you'd ask yourself is, why am I posting such a long video on Twitter? Yeah. But if you have to. If you have to, you can do it that way. The other thing, um, not necessarily about Twitter ads, but about Twitter video, is that now in any of the video strategies that we're doing here, um, it's part of our plan to do a subtitled version. Yes. Even though Facebook has the captions that you can add after the fact, Twitter doesn't. Mm. Um, so now we do two versions always. And the feedback that I got, I got feedback on that from the Instagram husband's video was that it was like, thanks for making this accessible as well. And I'm like, yeah, yeah it's I know so important. No one, because, you know, so few, so few people listen with audio on um, unless it's interesting enough after a couple seconds for them to flip it on. But. And I get comments when they're when my videos aren't subtitled asking me to why, subtitle why is it. it subtitled? So it is like truly essential. Yeah, I think that's uh that's something people have to do in twenty eighteen. <laughs> What's one thing you learned by like promoting this video that you made and paid for and everything? Like mm-hmm. what what's something that came to you? Huh. So I mean, I do this for the videos that I do for clients, but before prom- or anything that I promote is like I was I was super attentive to the caption before I boosted it because then you can't you can't edit yes. well on Facebook anyways and t- and Instagram you can't edit after you've boosted yeah <laughs> and that's great, bur- burned me tip. in past <laughs> so I like triple read everything and I was like okay is this the caption that I want to go out as the boosted post yes or if it was too late I could make a tweaker or so so there was that. Um, I don't know. I was, uh, I was, uh, the Instagram one is interesting and we're going to talk about YouTube too. Maybe we talk about it right now. Um, but I was more concerned about getting the engagement within the platforms, Mm -hmm. Facebook and Twitter, and then a little bit of Instagram. Um, and then, but it's uploaded on YouTube. So it exists on YouTube. That's what's used to embed on the site that we made for it. 
but the YouTube views are at I think 600 views right now and but I'm like less concerned about that because the social media views are what I was going for um but then I wondered oh should I be doing more to try to you know like boost or draw attention to the YouTube version of it um and I just find personally slash even for the campaigns that we're doing here um I do find that YouTube has become kind of like you know unless that's your your big focus and you've got a big strategy for it um it's just like that repository now it's like well it needs to live on youtube but we're focusing the engagement on these platforms what do you think i feel like a lot of companies use youtube as like an embed dump right I'm yeah upload it's an embed here dump. embed it somewhere else mm-hmm. or we need you know we, we just wanna... need it there but now we need to natively upload it yeah. on these other ones for better engagement or it's like a record of work hey here's all our media it's clips from the last year yeah. kind of thing but I feel like this week with uh, this Logan Paul character, I don't, I'm just getting into YouTube. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm starting to watch a ton of YouTube. YouTube uh, videos. And it's like a main thing I do on my phone the last few months. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm, I'm so far behind the ball. And there's this youth audience where they, it's like all they do. Like, I'd never even heard of this. I feel like a lot of people our age had never even heard of this Logan Paul fellow. No, I think he was a Vine star. And just, yeah, right. And so... May I, Vine rest in peace. I was reading some... Yeah, R.I.P. Vine. I was reading some articles on Select All, which is such a great site, uh, just about what the, the influence of these, like, Vine stars coming to YouTube after Vine yeah. died and the, the effect of, like what Instagram is becoming and now these YouTubers are kind of like bringing this ad first mentality over to YouTube Mm -hmm. uh, and doing these shocking things like this fellow in case you don't know he went to this forest in Japan where people uh, it's well known as a place where people take their own lives Mm -hmm. and uh, and he ended up filming a dead body and posting it on YouTube and the the fallout's been uh, widespread like obviously people are upset about it but it's also brought to light from from like a social strategy perspective, just the prevalence of mm-hmm. YouTube and the influence these people have, have and the massive, young, impressionable audience that they've curated. And it makes you start to like, mm-hmm. you know, should I be doing something more on YouTube? Should, should right. there be something there but in then my you, strategies? But then you wonder, right? Because it's like, I feel like it's that same. It's like the older, I oh, I can be cool too. I'm going to play in the YouTube sandbox. But the youth (laughs) and audiences are super engaged with you know those influencers and that type of video and kind of the quick and dirty and the kind of fun entertainment stuff but are they really interested in you know branded videos it it depends on how you do it right but i also think that they can see through that which is why i think then instead of brands doing their own kind of crazy youtube series and hopefully get views brands partnering with influencers influencers to do that will probably work better for them um but yeah it's crazy i think youtube uh influencers out of all like the subset of influencers (laughs) uh make the most revenue for sure um which i don't Hmm. i don't under like i don't understand because i'm not a youtuber (laughs) that's what they're called right (laughs) i feel like that's the next horizon for me like trying to understand youtube better and seeing what makes it sick. Yeah, exactly. Well, even um, who we had talked to over a year ago now, Katie and Megan, my, oh my youth, youthful cousins. We um, should have them back on. We should see what's changed in, yeah. in the year. Okay, future um, episode. Okay, future episode. Um, they loved YouTube. 
and yeah, would just sit there and what did she say? Or what did I catch her watching? We were watching once? like cooking videos. Cooking and videos, stuff. and one was just like a like list videos. Here's the top ten something. Right. And then they were just staring at the computer screen, like, tell me more about these top ten things. So yeah, I mean, I don't think YouTube is um something that brands should not be paying more attention to, but I think the I think when people say still that video is number one and everyone loves video and everyone's consuming video so brands should do video and brands need to be doing this on video I just think there's that disconnect though people are watching videos but they're not watching the videos that brands are posting you know currently so brands should should probably switch the type of videos that they're posting <laughs> don't call me a guru is sponsored by the Edmonton Community Foundation They work with donors to establish endowment funds, and when those funds reach $10,000, they start providing grants to charities and causes in the community that are important to their donors. The way it works is the fund continues to grow and then provides grants forever. Uh, If you live in Edmonton, you've probably been touched by the work of the foundation without even knowing it. And they have their own podcast to tell you a little bit about what they're up to. It's called the Well Endowed Podcast. Get it? They have endowments, and it's really, really good. This month, they talk about everything winter uh, here in Edmonton. Check it out wherever pods are casted and visit www.thewellendowedpodcast.com. That's www.thewellendowedpodcast.com. So speaking of influencers, the Globe and Mail put out an article that basically said that consumers don't trust that social media influencers have their best interests in mind, Mm -hmm. which is interesting because the whole premise of influencer marketing is they here's someone you trust telling you this product is great it's authentic or should be yeah and i feel like that authenticity has just died so hard there's all these professional influencers because brands have ruined it right brands, <laughs> brands like they, they ruin everything <laughs> i just don't think like okay my approach to influencer marketing i feel like we've talked about this a million times but my approach is like people with smaller engaged audiences Mm -hmm. like find someone who's actually micro influencers yeah Mm -hmm. i feel like that's just such a better approach because it's actually someone who might be interested in what you're talking about Mm -hmm. you empower them to be creative in whatever way they typically are come take a photo come Mm -hmm. make a youtube video Mm -hmm. you like like pitch it in a way that fits their current brand because that is so important for that authenticity factor yeah right and you just or you just empower them and you partner you actually partner and <laughs> say like let's work together let's make something i wouldn't have thought of without your help yeah like what would you do in this case exactly and i find that so few brands actually do that it's like hey we got x amount of money can you post about this? It, it doesn't surprise me that people are losing trust in influencer stuff and starting to see through it because it's so inauthentic. Mm. It just saddens me because so many people are bad at this part of their job. Right. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's kind of, you know, like that one person ruining it for everyone else because there are definitely good, there's still good, authentic influencers. Right. But then there are some who who are just are just doing it so wrongly or... <laughs> <laughs> that then it makes everyone hate them, right? I had um, I had a firm reach out to me as an influencer, super last minute, 
um, it was a uh, it was the next day this event was happening and they clearly had just blanket invited a bunch of people and said hey can you just stop by our event and post about it and we'll give you like $25 or something like ridiculously low for that investment of time right and post and engagement and all that stuff and I was like sorry like late notice not really a fit for me your event doesn't really make sense for me but there was like 20 influencers right. <laughs> who posted about it the next day um, and I saw people calling them out on it it's like okay so how much did you guys make off of visiting that thing that you would never visit otherwise right right and so you got to be I think as an influencer and as the person reaching out you have to know or at least have a sense of why am I wanting to partner with this influencer or this brand and does this make sense for my audience and also it's like does this make me credible like is it is this gonna hurt my reputation and if it is like don't do it i think that's a really good point you need to guard your own brand like both Mm -hmm. both the influencer and the company yes they need to be conscious of here's what i'm trying to do and does this fit into it because that uh, i don't know it's you can manufacture authenticity a little bit but ultimately, like, it's got to come from the heart because our audience is so savvy. Mm-hmm. They can't be fooled. And I feel like people still think they can pull the wool over their eyes mm-hmm. and be like, oh, look, here's here's Tyler selling you beach blankets. It's like, <laughs> I know that guy doesn't go to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. No, and I think that it's getting harder to fool people as well um, with more disclosure that's happening. So influencers are, are being forced to... Um, say hashtag ad, hashtag partner, hashtag sponsored, right. um, more so than they ever have before. So then if, if their audiences weren't, you know, weren't savvy to that previously, they, they certainly will be now. So let's wrap up this month's pod by talking about 2018. It's the new year. Happy new year. Happy new year. What, what do you think is going to change in our world in 2018? Like from a social media digital perspective, yeah. right? That's the only thing I'm qualified to talk. <laughs> yeah, about. we can't talk about anything else. Um, you know, so I mentioned the the disclosure for the influencers. Um, I think I think that's going to become more of a critical focus as like the Canadian Canadian advertising standards um, is more mindful of that. Actually, that reminds me, there's a Twitter account that just got started a couple weeks ago. Um, that someone sent me that's calling out Canadian influencers who oh. aren't disclosing. Yeah. What's it? What is the... I can't remember. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll retweet But actually, it, it called me out from one of my what? tweets with ATV. No! Then <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, wait. I said, I'm working with... A- like, how much more clear do I have to be? I'm working with ATV. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, so I think in 2018 there will be a more uh, critical viewing of who's disclosing, how are they disclosing, why aren't they disclosing. Um, but also I think disclosure rules or loose rules for influencers is still so confusing. So maybe in 2018 it'll be more explicit. Um, I think that influencer marketing, God, it's like, it's like all anyone talks about now. <laughs> <laughs> but I still think because you know how like like live video was you know actually five years ago, but now people are actually doing that 
today. Right. It's like we're always behind of like what that trend is. So I still think that influencer marketing, although it was the trend like the last two years, I think brands and companies are still just getting a handle on that. Right. So I don't think that's going away for 2018. Right. Uh, we can circle back and talk about Snap again. <laughs> oh, Snapchat. So I cannot remember. The last time you opened Snapchat? Well, I don't use Snapchat personally anymore. Yeah. But people are still using it. Friends are still using it. It's like uh, few, few though. So, so little. I still think a lot of young people are using Snap. It's like circled back to a one, being it's a one-to-one. It's that one-to-one. One. Uh, and I think it's people are using it in their like dating lives. Mm. I think they are. Mm-hmm. Uh I read this neat article, and I cannot for the life of me remember where this is from, but it's not my thought. It's the idea that a trend is the splitting of social and media. That, like, Mm. the media side of social media is so owned by, like, big brands now and is so polished and professional and, like, hiring everything, strategic, whereas the social side has split out. It is back into, like, one-to-one messaging on, like, WhatsApp or Snapchat or text messages. So stuff you you can't track. (laughs) Or Facebook Messenger, maybe. Like, there there are some that have both in it. because we know people use Messenger, but maybe don't even log into Facebook, Facebook. itself anymore yep. or check the timeline. Yep. So I think I feel like that's something to be conscious of: is this idea that we might start to get alienated on the media side of social media from like the actual audience who yep. is just using it to be social with each with other, with each other, and not with the brands. And I feel like Snap still has a role in that with its original function, which is your photo deletes itself right away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I um, I don't know if anyone saw this. Snapchat's actually still, I think, pushing the limits of their augmented reality. Oh yeah, you were lenses. so thrilled. Oh my god, I was so excited. Um, Ed Sheeran partnered with Bitmoji and Snapchat to do like a like a Bitmoji Edge serenading your Bitmoji on Snapchat. That is cool. Oh my god, it was so cool. I hadn't opened Snapchat, I would say, in months, and I saw someone did that, and I immediately jumped back on to get it myself. Um, but yeah, but a conversation I had with my husband, Mike, he was like, man, Snapchat's still doing really cool things. I just like don't use it anymore, though. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, yeah, so I still think that they're pushing that, the boundaries and the, you know, that innovation. But it's I'm, it's curious to see if stuff like that will will kind of keep users. I might there. just I, I'm just aging out of their demo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> People are using it. It's just not me. It's just not you, <laughs> man. But, you know, <sighs> our common denominator is Ed Sheeran, I think. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, 2018 trends. Uh, video, we sort of talked about it. Do you think video is still everything? People are always saying. I think, I think actually one of the popular stats that was used previously was that by 2018, the bulk of social media consumption will be video. So now it's 2018. <laughs> like, I think the maybe the bulk of, like, internet consumption is video. Mm-hmm. And I also believe the bulk of, like, bandwidth is video because it takes more bandwidth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but whether or not that's people's preferred... I don't think people go on Twitter to watch video. I'm no. not even convinced yet. I think they'll watch a video on Facebook and, and there's a style of video or there's maybe a very that, style of fa- that's on yeah, Facebook that but like works, I but don't think everything you do should be video I no. always think there's a place for like long form storytelling on, mm-hmm. on the web I think there's a place for just like good writing mm-hmm. and good design uh, I think lo- more long form stuff now really needs to be complemented by 
good design, yeah. something interactive, you know, like all of those other pieces um, in order to keep people's attention. But I yeah. agree, like video should not be even, your only thing. It's not even just attention. It's about like using the medium, right? Like Correctly, yeah. Yeah, make, make, like make it cool, engaging. make it a good experience. And, yeah. and there's some great examples of that. Something that people remember. But I think you had a bold question you wanted to ask about 2018. <laughs> Will 2018 be the year that brands finally give a shit about social media? <laughs> And what I mean to say is that I still see so many companies um, just not care about what they're posting. And it's like they schedule this stuff. It goes out. They didn't realize that they're using a sideways video or they didn't realize that, you know, their hashtags are wrong or they didn't realize that they're referring to Wednesday when Wednesday has already passed and now it's Saturday you know, of the previous Wednesday right, is what they were talking your, your about. Your scheduled holiday post like, went out on the wrong day. Like, it's like they just don't care. Like, and not obviously not all brands are like this, but still enough. And I think enough large brands and companies are doing this and actually tons of small ones. That <laughs> um, it's just like, when will or will this be the year that, that we are finally like, you know what? Social media has an important place in our brand and marketing and communications, and we should actually care more about it than like off the side of our desk or like give it to the intern. <laughs> Only time will tell, Linda. <laughs> With that, we leave you. Happy 2018. Uh, shout out to our co-host, Olive the Dog, who's been <laughs> walking around the room. <laughs> Watch our social media for photos of Olive. <laughs> Thanks to uh, the Alberta Podcast Network, of which whom we are powered by ATP. <laughs> Is that how you say it? No, I think for brand, for like compliance purposes, we need to say need we're to say a proud right member okay. of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATP. Okay. Thanks, Karen. Music by Doug Hoyer. Our logo by Rory Lee. I'm Tyler. I'm Linda. Talk to you soon. See you in February if Tyler doesn't forget the cord. <laughs>